It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Monday. Glad you made it through the weekend. Sa- I don't know about you. Saturday. I don't often say this. The weather was just miserable out there. Personally, I just like weather. If it's a rainy day, that's a good day because we need the rain. I like watching snow. I don't mind cold. I don't mind a hot, hot day. I don't complain about the weather all that much. But Saturday, where I was anyway... Cold, bone chilling, snow and sleet coming down. And I tried going out a couple of times. This is miserable out here. So I just stayed inside all day Saturday. But it's supposed to be getting nicer as we get into the week, according to Don Day's forecast. And that includes, while on the cold side, still not all that bad for trick or treaters out there. Okay, trigger warning. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, so let's see here. This first story actually has to do with guns. Do, do I go ahead and call up this song? You know, I think I probably should. Sometimes I wonder about playing stuff like this so early in the morning because... People are still waking up and all of that. But sure, this will get you out of it. I like guns. I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. They're for sale. Hell, I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. I like guns. Now, real quick, we had that shooting in Maine just a little while ago. Right now, on the ridiculously large television they put in the studio with me, and I have had people ask me, how large is that television? You might not think it's so big, but the fact that I sit so close to it, it doesn't need to be that big. It's like right next to me. It doesn't need to be that big if it's that close. Anyway, there's a story on right now as they look into the main shooter and all of the threats he was making before the shooting. And then, of course, he was, as you know, already had been, re- well, just a few months ago, a few months before had been released from psychological care because he's hearing voices and stuff like this. In other words, red flags were all over the place. Once again, we find out red flags were just all over the place. So how come we didn't know when something was done? Now, a couple of things on the gun front. First off, I have a story here about 10 mass shootings since what happened in Maine, and you didn't hear about them. Now, why wouldn't you have heard about them? Well, because these shootings didn't take place with an AR-15. Chicago, there's uh, 10 shootings, 14 dead, 65 wounded. 
pretty much gang-related in bad neighborhoods. Okay, and, and, and this goes into other shootings as well around the country, the story that I'm looking at here. How many died, how many were injured. And in most cases, these stories took place in Chicago and other cities. And it, it, the, the gunmen or people with these guns, some of them shot as many as 27 bullets or more out of these pistols that they had. But here's the thing. They were pistols. Here's one. Five people shot to death, including a 73-year-old male, North Carolina, in a neighborhood that's known for drugs, things like this. Uh, six people shot back-to-back Texarkana, Texas. According to police, fight broke out at a party. Shooting started. Okay. The stories go on and on like this. Lots of them. And in each and every single case, multiple people were killed. And in each and every single case, handguns were used. Well, if handguns are being used, then it's not going to make really big news because it wasn't an AR-15 style rifle. Now, if in these, any of these cases someone had used an AR-15 style rifle, it would be making national news right now. But for some reason, even this weekend in Chicago, multiple shootings. But you know, the, the shooting in Maine happened last week. Since then... 10 other shootings where multiple people were killed or injured in each case. You didn't hear about it because it was gang-related neighborhoods in mostly major cities and the guns were pistols. That tells you everything you need to know about the obsolete, irrelevant news media and how they cover things. Now, again, put an AR-15 in somebody's hand and watch what happens. To the news coverage, I mean, watch what happens. All right. On that note, watch out when you go to make a gun purchase. Because once again, credit card companies are at it. Banking experts tell us that these codes, they're not designed to track any specific purchase. They're actually used to categorize shoppers' spending. But still, there is concern that a trip to the gun store could be identified to law enforcement as suspicious. An industry source confirmed to Fox that some credit card companies will begin using a new code to identify purchases at gun and ammunition stores. An independent international standard-setting group approved the change last fall after repeated requests by amalgamated bank. The bank describes itself as a socially responsible lender and investor. The CEO spoke about, quote, detection scenarios that could be created using this new code to flag suspicious activity. This has nothing to do with legal gun activity. This has to do with known patterns we know are potentially illegal. A 2018 New York Times analysis found hefty credit card gun purchases were made before some of the deadliest mass shootings in America, like the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando and at the Aurora movie theater shooting in Colorado. Gun rights advocates fear this new code will lead to surveillance of gun buyers, denied transactions, and unfounded suspicious activity reports filed by banks. We're calling upon Congress to conduct oversight hearings into how it is that this code came to be and what are the implications of this code and how it can be misused. We're very concerned about a private database of gun owners or potential gun owners. I do want to note that once the code is in use, your bank won't know what you bought, only that you made a purchase at a gun store. But still, that's enough for Republicans in at least five states to seek legislation to prevent the code from being used. So what I'm going to do is go to a gun store that sells things like gum. Yeah, you know, Wrigley Spearman gum. 
and I'm going to go there and buy lots of Wrigley Spearmint gum over the course of the next year. And then they're going to show up at my house wondering where all the guns are, where all the bullets are, and all I'm going to have is boxes and boxes of Wrigley Spearmint gum. Because they don't know what I actually purchased at the gun store. They just know that I went ahead and purchased something at a gun store. But they're not actually taking a look at what it is. But if I do it often enough, then it starts to raise suspicion, right? Okay, well, two can play at this game. Wait, what if I just decided that the local gun store has uh, a good price on my favorite, like, diet soda or whatever? I'll go ahead and do that. I mean, they, they don't necessarily, you don't necessarily have to go to a gun shop and buy guns. They sell all sorts of different things, right? Okay. So have fun with it. Stock up on anything but guns and bullets. And then just laugh when they show up to investigate you. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Actually did that. Okay, Miss Mary. <laughs> oh, at least she's saying that uh, <laughs> that that was. She, she said she was going to do that, and I thought she was kidding. Miss Mary programmed in a happy birthday to play next, and she did it from her studio down the hallway over there. That was good, Miss Mary. I didn't know you could do that. I guess it makes sense that you could from there. She dropped in a happy birthday song, and to everybody else who's saying happy birthday, yes, October thirtieth is my birthday. Now remember. I'm the kid who was almost born on Halloween, and I almost complain. I always complain to my mom that she could have just hung on another, you know, like couple of minutes, and I would have been a Halloween baby. And her answer to that was, "Wanted you the hell out." So I was born just before Halloween, but I appreciate that. It was actually pretty good. Okay, you might get that a couple of repeats this morning. There aren't that many birthday songs. Okay, good. <laughs> That was funny. I I appreciate that. Um, also, uh, Rianne Fort Danger, I.D. John, and some, uh, several people on my social media already saying happy birthday. Here's the deal. I I have been saying for many years that in life, if you have a bad year, you're allowed to call do-over, which means you didn't have a birthday because you're doing it over. And that is retroactive. So some of you out there are really young when you think about it. I've had some some really horrible years, but I've also had some very good years. So I was trying to figure out what my age was, and I thought, why does that matter? I self-identify as 27 years old today. Now, in this day and age, you can self-identify as anything you want, and everybody's supposed to just accept it as reality. Doesn't matter what you say you want to be, make it up because people are just making it up. So make up whatever you want to be, invent words for it, call yourself that, and then get mad when people don't play along. So if that's the case, then I'm 27 years old today, and don't you dare say anything. Don't even, no, don't even, no, I'm 27. You laugh at me. You're a racist or something like that. You're intolerant. I don't know. Something like that. We'll figure it out. Okay. Back to the news.
Did you happen to listen to the ag report that we played just a moment ago? I was listening to that and I thought, let me go ahead and put aside the story that I was going to cover. And I just want to address that for a minute because to me, it's very, very interesting. Uh, Farmers and ranchers are used to being very self-sufficient people that repair their own stuff. If something goes wrong, something breaks down, they usually just fix it on site because they need to get back to work again. These are really self-sufficient people who are good at being mechanics and so on. Many different companies out there, however, don't like the idea that people are repairing their own stuff because they have warranties on it. So in other words, if you go to repair something and you take it apart and you make it worse, then you bring it in and say, hey, I had a warranty on this. But part of the problem is you took it apart and started fiddling with it. And so they void the warranty. Now, that's been taken to court several times. So finally, these companies started making a policy. You can't repair this. As long as we have a warranty on this, you cannot repair this. You have to bring it in to us, to the company, or you void the warranty. So that's started uh, lawsuits and even some bills that have been introduced. And, you know, it's a big fight going on right now. But in the ag report that we just played a moment ago, that's one of the things they were talking about. Farmers who take a look at tractors today, and tractors are not what they used to be, a lot like cars. A lot of tractors have gotten a lot more complex. They're better in many ways as far as how efficient they are and how they get things done. But at the same time, they're really high-tech and a lot more complicated to fix than they used to be. So when something goes wrong and a farmer looks at it and thinks, well, I can fix this, and he gets in there and starts to fiddle with it, the manufacturer would, for proprietary reasons as part of it, but also because of the warranty, would like to say, no, you're not allowed to do that. You So the right to repair laws are popping up around the country, or at least they're trying to, and this is what's going to court. So to me, as, as I've thought about this, I thought, on the one hand, it's a fair deal, I think, anyway. But you tell me, you farmers and ranchers and other people out there who like to fix your own stuff. If you are determined that you can fix it, you go right ahead, but the moment you start to do that, you void the company warranty because you're again, you might be making things worse. Okay, even even if you're good at fixing it, you might be making things worse. So go ahead, you're allowed to fix it. You have that right because it's yours. You own the property. But if you want the warranty, you won't fix it. You'll send it in to get fixed by the company. Now, a lot of times the reason farmers and ranchers don't send things in to get fixed is because they need it fixed now. They don't want it to come back in like, you know, four to six months. They want it to come back. They want it up and running right now. Give me the part. I'll just do it now so I can get back out there and get to work. I thought this has been a really interesting fight as far as I'm concerned between the two. But I come down on the side as fix it yourself if you want to. It shouldn't be nothing illegal about that or there should be no penalties other than... Oh, here we go again. <clears throat> okay, here, here's the thing, Miss Mary. I, I think it's funny, but if this plays every single break, it's really going to start to annoy people out there. <laughs> anyway, 
Yeah, there's only so many different ways you can sing happy birthday. And then after a while, it just gets to the point that you want to strangle. All these cute little kids singing the song right here. At some point, you just want to strangle every single one of them. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Everything you need to start the morning. News, weather, and a pocket full of opinions. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. That one sounds like a Charlie Brown Christmas kind of a happy birthday song there, Miss Mary. I'm expecting the whole Peanuts gang to come dancing out any minute now. Okay, so... Yeah, it's my birthday here. Dan in Cheyenne is saying happy birthday, by the way. I'm 236,852 years old and uh, am a paradactyl. Okay. If you use the wrong pronoun for me, you go to jail for five years. I won't tell you what the right pronoun is. Okay. I, I appreciate that. Heidi John. See, I, I self-identify now as 27 years old. Because I self-identified as something you can't say otherwise. You're not allowed to tell me that I'm anything but what I self-identified as. You can't do that. Therefore, I'm 27 years old. Okay, you're just going to have to play with it or else. That's just the way that works. All right? All right. Now, also with the happy birthday music, Miss Mary went ahead and programmed in a bunch of happy birthday songs just because she wanted to be annoying. Isn't that right, Miss Mary? That's okay. <laughs> and so you'll hear those throughout the program. How many different ways can you do happy birthday? All right. So I guess, let's see, let's see, what's the next story I have up here? Oh, speaking of which, here's one, and, I'm, and I'll get back to other real news. I came across a story, and I've heard this as a discussion from time to time. When it gets to Halloween, how old is it? How old is too old to trick or treat? Some towns can throw you in jail, really, but they never enforce the law. In 2008, the city of Belleville in southern Illinois, the city council passed an ordinance that set the age limit for trick or treaters at 12 and under. The law is still on the list and active. Under the ordinance, trick-or-treating by anyone 13 or older is considered a Halloween solicitation and has violations of up to $1,000 fine. If you're found guilty of being too old to trick-or-treat, well, no one has ever been cited. A woman who answered the phone at Belleville City Hall said they love Halloween, they're never going to really... Then why have it on the books? It's stupid. Why even bother to have that on the books? 1970, Chesapeake, Virginia passed an ordinance against teenage trick-or-treating. Uh, they said the law came about after some young people were caught throwing pumpkins in the streets and they decided to put an age. They thought that was the solution. Under that ordinance, it's a class four misdemeanor for anyone above 12 years old to be trick-or-treating on Halloween. A violation, there could be a jail sentence for that. No one in Chesapeake has ever been arrested for this. They don't enforce the law, but there it is. 
All right. Um, let's see. Let's see. You got a kick out of notoriety. The city got a kick out of notoriety because of that. All right. I would just say then get the law off the books. As far as I'm concerned, because we had this discussion here on the air. As far as I'm concerned, if you show up at my door at Halloween and you're dressed in a costume and you say trick or treat, you're getting candy. And I don't care what age you're at. This is Halloween. Show up in a costume and say trick or treat and I'm giving you candy. That's it. Now, if you just show up, I did do, I did this once when I was many years ago. Doorbell rings. I open up the door and there's a couple of teenage boys standing there and they're not even in costume. They're just wearing like jeans and T-shirts. It was Florida, so they're in T-shirts, you know. And they didn't say trick or treat. They just stood there. And I said, no costume? No. You're not even going to say trick or treat. And they just kind of looked at me. And I said, no candy. And I shut the door. They didn't pull a trick on me. They didn't do anything. But, you know, you want candy from me. You can get it. I don't care how old you are. So the whole discussion about, well, you have to be above a certain age, just what about below a certain age? When parents show up with a little infant, they dress the infant up, they put the infant inside their little carriage and they're pushing it around for trick-or-treat. Now, you know that kid is too young to be eating candy. Kid doesn't even have any teeth. Maybe one coming in. Too young to be eating candy. So who's really getting this candy here? Yeah, the parents are using the kid. Okay, that's what's happening. The parents are using the kid to get candy. Well, as long as the parents are dressed in costume, I'll go ahead and give them candy too. But don't use the kid as an excuse. That's just wrong. Okay, but no, seriously, there's got to be a law against that. But if the parents are wearing costumes, I'll go ahead and give them. Say, Jim, uh, yes, Jim, I'll try to remember that when I get off work and let you know. Iety John, I will not contribute to your delusion. Welcome to the old fart club. <laughs> now, my sister told me a while back I was a member of the old fart club. So there's a group of us that meet at a restaurant every Saturday and we sit and have breakfast together. All are like pilots and so on. Most of them are. And we just sit and have breakfast and just talk every Saturday. And my sister was visiting Wyoming and she joined us and looked around the table at all the gray hair and then turned to me and said, you're officially a member of the old Farts Club. You know, the people who show up in restaurants and hang out. At, well, at least we only do it on Saturday anyway. 642, wake up Wyoming. Keeping them honest, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. See, that's almost a Christmas Eve version of the thing. Okay, now it gets annoying. Okay. Let's let's not finish that one. I just it started off pretty good. It sounded like some of the music they play around Christmas time, and then I don't know what the hell the rest of that was. Okay, off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Morning, Frank. Morning to you. Yeah. So Miss Mary programmed in all this happy birthday music for me at every single break, and it's getting old like the second time it played. <laughs> it's your birthday today? Yeah, it is, yeah. And uh, oh, I didn't I didn't know yes, that. I, I officially identify as twenty seven years old, so everybody oh, has to put fine, up. Fine, fine. Well, yeah, happy right, birthday yeah, to yeah, you. Enjoy the day. Why don't you just take the rest of the day off? I, you know, I think I'll do that. Okay, goodbye.
Oh, I'll take over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to do four hours of this? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just talk off the top of my head for four uh, yeah, hours. Yeah, that's pretty much what I do anyway. It doesn't really matter. Uh, nobody's paying attention. Don't worry about it. So uh, I was reading a story about a couple of towns in America that actually have a law that if you trick or treat past 12 years old, there's like either a monetary fine or you could be jailed, although they've never enforced the law. No, I mean, you know, those some of those things they mean... They got to go through our books and say, this doesn't apply anymore. No. That we, doesn't yeah. apply anymore. And it was stupid to begin with. It's stupid now. And just get rid of the whole thing. You know, yeah. I, I think there should be some kind of age limit, but not 12. My, I'm thinking about 14. Okay. Now, see, my I was just talking about this before we got into weather with Don Day and all of that. As far as I'm concerned, if you're going to go through all the trouble of putting on a decent costume and ringing my doorbell and saying, trick or treat, you get candy. Even if you're 70? I don't care. So I can go trick-or-treating at your house and Absolutely. you won't slam the door Show in my face? Show up with a costume on. Oh, well. You have to play the game, Frank. Oh. And say trick-or-treat. Now, here's the only one I have a problem with. When parents show up and they've dressed the kid up and the kid's like an infant, doesn't even have teeth, who's that candy really for? Well, not the them. The parents, yeah. obviously. So the parents, if they want candy, they can't use the kid to do it. They have to be dressed up in costume. But they use the kid, and then they tell the kid, get two. Yeah, but the kid doesn't know what's going on. The kid's an infant. <laughs> Has no clue what this is all about. So, no, you're just using the kid to get candy for yourself. I'll give you candy, but you got to play the game. You bet. All right, college football. The Wyoming Cowboys turned in an awful performance on Saturday. They lost at Boise State 32-7. to it was not a shining example of Cowboy Tough as UW was dominated on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Pokes had an abysmal 27 yards of rushing with quarterback Andrew Peasley suffering through a 10 of 20 passing effort for just 85 yards and a touchdown. Boise State had 443 yards of total offense, including a whopping 227 on the ground. Wyoming was outplayed in every single facet of the game and thoroughly outcoached. For a team that was enjoying a good season with high hopes going into the Boise game, the effort on Saturday was just inexplicable, especially coming off a bye week. Five and three overall, two and two in Mountain West Conference play, and a quick turnaround. The host Colorado State in the Border War on Friday night at 6 p.m. in Laramie. In the NFL, will wonders ever cease? The Denver Broncos finally beat the Kansas City Chiefs, the final 24 to 9 yesterday in Colorado that broke a 16 game losing streak to the Chiefs. Bronco quarterback Russell Wilson threw t- three TD passes. The Bronco defense forced four turnovers. KC quarterback Patrick Mahomes threw two interceptions and lost a fumble. So the Broncos were are three and five on the year going into their bye week and Kansas City is six and two and they just absolutely looked terrible in the process yesterday. In high school football from over the weekend it was the first round of the playoffs in 4A defending champion Sheridan drove Kelly Walls 59 to nothing. Cheyenne East over Rock Springs 42-14. Natrona prevailed over Cheyenne Central 14-3. Thunder Basin pounded Campbell County 40-12. In the semifinals on Friday Sheridan will host Thunder Basin and Cheyenne East will be at Natrona. In 1A nine man defending champion Pine Bluffs was eliminated by Big Piney 28-14 team, and a 1A6 man, KC, was eliminated at home by Dubois, 59-32. State High School Volleyball Tournament will start on Thursday at the Ford Center in Casper, and 4A Thunder Basin ended up winning that East Regional as they handed Laramie their first loss of the season in that regional final, so Thunder Basin as a 1C will play Riverton in the opening round on Thursday. Laramie will draw Star Valley to start things out. Kelly Walsh is the 2 seed from the West, and they'll play Campbell County in round 1. Cody won that 4A West Regional to take on Cheyenne East in the opening round on Thursday at the Ford Center. 
In 2A, defending champion Burns will be a two-seed from the East. They'll play Shoshone in the first round on Thursday. Pine Bluffs is the four-seed from the East, and they'll draw Grable in the quarterfinal round. And tonight in baseball, it's the World Series moving along in Phoenix as Arizona will host Texas. Arizona won game two, nine to one, after Texas won a thrilling 6-5 contest in game one back on Friday. That's it in sports. So 32 to seven? It was brutal. Oh, man, it does sound brutal. Oh, I, just... I mean... I, I, I... What I went just can't, wrong? Everything. Uh, everything. Okay. I mean, how do you do that? Yeah. I mean, if how they, do you do if that? If they at least lost with respectable no, numbers. No, that, no, they know. did not. No. They were awful. Okay. All right. So what happens next then? Then they, they got to play on Friday against their arch rival. Oh. And if you can't get up for that game and play better for that game, just you know, yeah, just, mail it in. Yeah. Just yeah. Go Holy ahead. Well, they, I think they probably did last game. All right. Oh my God. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Six of the time. It's a Monday, Halloween Eve, like my favorite holiday out there. And I appreciate all the birthday wishes here. Mike from Leeds, South Dakota, happy birthday. And let's see, Jude and Casper, happy birthday, my friend. Hope you have a great morning. And you don't have to sign your name, Jude. I can see it's you. Uh, Mike in Casper, ask Frank not to mention. The cowboy fiasco from Saturday again. Let's move on. <laughs> I'll mention that to him. <clears throat> CW and Cheyenne, happy birthday, Glenn. It's my birthday as well. Here's the thing, CW. I always, I keep telling the story. I know. I keep complaining to my mom the whole time she was alive. I kept complaining to her. You couldn't have just waited, I mean, hung on another few minutes so I could have been a Halloween baby. CW, her answer was, wanted you the hell out. Which I understand, but I could have been a Halloween baby. I was so close. It's still my favorite Halloween. It's still no. The reason why is on my birthday, even though it's just before Halloween, still everybody dresses up in costumes, and it's the only night of the entire year that I'm allowed to go out by myself, no supervision, into the dark, and go to the homes of strangers in costume. And knock, so nobody knows who I am. And I can knock on their doors and ask strangers for candy. Any other night of the year would be big trouble. But see, that's why one of the reasons is my favorite holiday anyway. Okay, so 888-97 Woods, the phone number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Two stories that's just going to make your Monday. You're going to love this. One. Activist was dragged out of Hillary Clinton's rally for asking about Bill's visits to Epstein Island. <laughs> the story says Representative Sheila Jackson Lee is running to be the next mayor of Houston, by the way. Democrat primary is hotly contested between Jackson Lee and Senator John Whitmer. Jackson Lee hosted an event featuring her pal Hillary Clinton. So Hillary is there stumping for Sheila Jackson Lee. 
Hillary and George, I would prefer, although, uh, well, I just want Sheila Jackson Lee out of Congress. Although I don't want her to be mayor of Houston, but okay. So Hillary endorsed Sheila Jackson Lee for mayor, which is no surprise, given her both longtime Washington, D.C. and the Beltway, you know, establishment types. She has, uh, Sheila Jackson has been a loyal Clintonite since Bill's first day in the Oval Office. So Sheila Jackson Lee endorsed Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, to, you know, way back when. All right, so then it talks about who's endorsing who and so on. Following the leak of an alleged recording that rattled uh, Lee's campaign, the story says, several female political committee leaders spoke up for the congresswoman at the rally. Great. But at some point, a 23-year-old activist was in the audience and rose. It was a question and answer session, right? To And... Hillary is waiting for a question, and this person wants to know why Bill Clinton visited Jeffrey Epstein's island and home so many times. And we all know, if you know the story, what went on there. The crowd immediately began booing. Hey, Hillary, why has your husband been to Epstein Island 26 times? He was taken down by security and dragged out of the room. I don't care. It got out there. Now, your obsolete, irrelevant news media will never cover the story. And if they do, they're going to make that person look like a bad person. But they're doing ex- that person did exactly what the news media is supposed to do. If Bill or Hillary appear anywhere, they should ask the question. So, uh, you're on that island like 26 times, huh? So you paid multiple visits to Epstein's home. We all know what happened on that island, and we all know what was going on inside Epstein's house. So why was Bill there? It's a legitimate question that does not get asked by your Main Street stream obsolete irrelevant news media. Now, the first question that many listeners are having him right now, right now, a lot of you. So after they dropped this guy to the floor and dragged him out... What happened? Did he commit suicide? I know there's a lot of people out there immediately thinking that. What happens to this person after? I don't know. The story says the video had gained more than one million views. Well, he needs more than that. Thousands of likes and shares. Rosen wrote, I will never be quiet. His second post about the clash. He also posted a video of himself giving a thumbs up while being dragged away. So they're dragging him away, and he's smiling at the camera and giving a thumbs up. So there I was, he says, asking a simple question to Hillary Clinton when I was assaulted by a mob. They ripped the pride shirt off my body and dragged me across a carpet burns. He got carpet burns. Y'all transphobic bigots, he said. That's what's going on. There seems to be a hate crime going on here. So, all right, that happened. (laughs) Story number one that's just going to make your Monday, and you're welcome for that. C.W. and Cheyenne, I've had that same conversation with my mom. See, C.W., you and I are in the same boat on that. Could have been a Halloween baby. Now, I don't know about you, C.W., I was just a few minutes before Halloween. It was my understanding of when I was born. What about you? How close were you? Because we could have been Halloween. It would have been so much better. But no. All right. 
Our moms just wouldn't hang on a little bit longer. No, 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 because they only think about themselves, don't they? Sure they do. All right. I can't believe I just said that about my mom. Joe Biden's impeachment is looking more likely. The second story that's just going to make your day. The story says it's very likely that uh, President Biden has committed impeachable offenses. Well, duh. Joe Biden committed impeachable offenses back when he was a senator. All right. And according to Speaker Mike Johnson, who was elected to the office Wednesday, so we now have a Speaker of the House. In September, then-Speaker Kevin McCarthy launched form an impeachment into uh, an impeachment inquiry. It focused on whether the president ever influenced, was influenced by business dealings, et cetera, et cetera. You've heard the whole story by now, right? All right. Biden has consistently denied any wrongdoing. House Republicans starting to pursue it. Johnson said, the reason we've shifted the impeachment inquiry to this stage on the president himself was because if, in fact, the evidence leads to where we believe it will, there are likely impeachable offenses. Notice, we're talking about more than one impeachable offenses. Quote, that's listed as a cause for impeachment by the Constitution and bribery and other crimes such as that misdemeanors. And, you know, so the Constitution talks about high crimes and misdemeanors. So that falls into all of that. And that's what they'll be looking into. Now, I hope if they do this for once, for once, the Republicans don't blow it. That's been my main concern with this whole thing. Okay, Republicans, if you want to do this, do this. But for once in your life, Republicans, don't blow it. Well, they have a tough time getting anything done. If they went after Bill Clinton. A lot of people think that was about uh, Monica Lewinsky, but it really wasn't. Bill Clinton lied to a grand jury. Now, that is... Uh, a serious offense in America because of our court system, the way we have it set up. You don't lie to a grand jury. Now, he did lose his law license over that. He was found guilty of lying to a grand jury, and Bill Clinton was fined a lot of money and lost his law license over that. Now, he never paid the money. A bunch of donors paid the fine, so Bill Clinton never paid the money. But he still is no longer an attorney. Because of that, you would think he would have been impeached over that because that was an impeachable offense, lying to a grand jury like that. But he was impeached in the House, as you know. So he goes down as an impeached president in the books in the House, but it didn't quite make the Senate. If he had just a couple more votes in the Senate and he would have been impeached in the House and Senate, then it has to go on to the Supreme Court where it happens there and, you know, it very likely that Bill Clinton could have been run out of office, but he wasn't. It was really a close shave. So this time, Republicans, if you're going to do this, don't blow it. The problem is they still have a uh, House and Senate run by the Democrats. So while they can start up impeachment proceedings, well, the Senate is run by Republicans, but, you know, it's close enough that I don't know if they can even get that passed. And then in the Senate, of course, they're not going to get it passed. But still, Republicans, don't blow this. And you know what the news media will do if they put Biden through the ringer with this, of course. The opposite of what they do with Donald Trump, basically. 716, wake up my... 
He's not a doctor, but he's happy to take a look. Call Glenn Woods now at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Yeah, okay, so Miss Mary's playing birthday music for me there. That's what that's all about. What the hell is with the bumper music today? That's it. Okay, so... <laughs> That didn't sound like a birthday tune, but it was funny. 888 was the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. One more story that will just make you happy today. <clears throat> so our vice president, Camilla Harris, assures everybody that Joe Biden is very much alive. <laughs> um, stories like this just make my day, that she actually has to make this defense. Quote, President Biden is very much alive and intends to run for re-election, according to Vice President Kamala Harris, Sunday 60 Minutes. Harris spoke with Bill Whitaker about various issues, including the ongoing Israel-Gaza border crisis, things like this. <clears throat> We're taking some Democrat or talking to some Democrat donors, and they have told us that there should be something, uh, should something befall the president, and he's not able to run that there would be a free-for-all at who would run for president. You're in the spot that would be natural for you to step up. But we're hearing from donors that they would not naturally fall in line. Why is that, Whitaker asked. So, Kamala Harris says, first of all, I'm not going to engage in that hypothetical because Joe Biden is very much alive and running for re-election. <laughs> The fact that she has to make a convincing case that he's alive ought to tell you something right there. No, no, he's alive, really. Go ahead. Poke him with a stick. Go on. <laughs> that would be a good idea. I would think if I was interviewing the president at some point during the interview, and I would want it on video. Okay, I know this is a radio show. I'll make sure I have video of it. I would reach over and poke him with a stick just to see if he's alive. But anyway... But you do know Whitaker injected, I mean, that is a concern, a legitimate concern, I would say. Quote, I hear uh, from a lot of different people, a lot of different things, but let me just tell you, I'm focused on the job. I truly am. Our democracy is on the line, Bill. And I frankly, in my head, do not have time for parlor games when we have a president who is running for re-election. So she's dodging the question, in other words. After a lengthy pause, Harris position, that's it. The question came after Minnesota Representative Dean Phillips. He announced he would be challenging Biden for Democrat primaries to force the party to pass the torch onto a new generation. He's a much younger guy. So time to enough with the 80 year olds. Time for somebody else. Though Biden is an incumbent, the story says, his age, stamina, of course, recurring concern, even among Democrat voters. Meanwhile, Harris continues to face low approval ratings, Whitaker noted in the show, that only 41% of adults told CBS that they approve of her work as president. Hold on, I don't believe that poll. 41% of adults told CBS they approve of the vice president's work. What adults... Now, maybe if you were to ask Democrats, they'll say whatever they want they have to say. Doesn't mean that they really believe that, but if a Democrat is asked, do you approve of the vice president? They're not going to trash their own person, so they'll step up and say, oh, of course. Well, of course, I. why, why would I not? 
Of course, that's the answer they're going to give. But I doubt this idea. Well, 41% of Americans in general, I seriously doubt that. Quote, when the American people are able to take a close look at an election time, at their options, she said, I think the choice is going to be clear. We're going to win. Of course, all politicians have to say that. Let me just tell you that we're going to win. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but we're going to win, Harris concluded. Good thing she stopped there because, I mean, after that, it just becomes a word salad. But the very idea that, again, she has to defend the president at this point for being alive. I mean, no, no, not just defend the president. She has to defend that he's alive at all. I've never in my life have ever heard anyone have to make that defense of a president. And questioning his cognitive abilities is part of what was happening in that interview. Which, of course, he's not going deep enough into cognitive abilities. That's another thing I've noticed. You probably have to. When you do see video of the president, there's the the video that they show us. And then there's what they edited out. Which sometimes is leaked to the general public and, you know, jerks like me play it on the air. Here's what the president really sounds like. And we all know that that's horrifying to listen to, which is why I said they should have just gotten rid of him a long time ago. They should have never run him for president. He should be at home enjoying his, well, what's left of his mind. Yeah, be with your wife, be with your kids, enjoy yourself. Don't be out there. It's just a long time ago, before they even ran him for president, they should have just put somebody else in that position. Now, I'll just be fair about it. As I pick on Democrats, because there's the president, there's Dianne Feinstein, and there's others I can mention that really cognitively just are not all there, and yet there they are in office anyway. When you have to wheel Dianne Feinstein in and whisper in her ear, you were going to vote this way, and she doesn't even know where she is. Yeah, but that's what they're doing. But then here are the Republicans doing the same thing with the president of the Senate. I mean, okay, it was bad enough when I was picking on the Democrats for that. But now I have to pick on the Republicans for essentially doing the same thing. Time to get Mitch McConnell out of there. Send him home. He's been in that office for a very long time. Send him home. At some point, somebody has to turn and say, no, really, Mitch McConnell's really, he's actually alive. I know you look at him and you think, no, seriously, the guy's got to be dead. No, I swear to you, he's alive. That's where we are right now with members of the House and Senate. Uh, So we've often said, we've had this conversation on this program. I say we because I mean a lot of the listeners and I have this conversation about making sure that people who hold the office had a class in the Constitution so they actually understand how this government's supposed to work maybe have a class in financing so they don't continue to put us heavily in debt. There's several things that they should be trained for before they take the office so they actually know how the real world actually works. That way they don't just step into the office having no idea what to do and we wind up with the mess that we have now. All right. But members of Congress refuse to go through any of that. They refuse to do any of that. Okay. Well, if we're not going to do that... The next question has been an age limit on Congress. Do we have... I do know some people who are in their 80s and beyond, and they're going strong. They really are 
uh, sharp in mind and body, and they're just doing great. And so they're still running companies. I mean, it, some of the sharpest people I know are people who are well into their advanced years, and they're just they just keep going. And I have to admire that. But at what point do you put a limit on it? There's even been suggestions because of our president of a cognitive test. Before we hand this person the most powerful position on the planet, what if we make sure that cognitively he's able to handle this? And there are tests for things like this. So give him some kind of a test to check his cognitive abilities. And if he's not able to pass it, then we're going to have to get somebody else for president of the United States. The president does every single year. Every president has their annual physical exam. We all know about that. Every single year we get a report on the president's physical condition. Well, if, if they're going to do that physically, then why not do that mentally? The fact that the vice president has to say, no, no, really, he's alive and well, is disturbing. Coming up on 7.30, local news coming your way right after local news. Update on your weather forecast, and you and I are going to roll back into it again. Don Day's on with me at 7.45. Good news here for trick-or-treaters. It does warm up a little bit anyway. It's not going to be miserable weather across Wyoming for Halloween. I'll talk to Don Day about that and a few other things. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Everything you need to start your morning. Coffee, sarcasm, weirdness. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Okay, now that one's really annoying. I, so I'm trying to figure out which one of these is most annoying. And so far, this is top of the list right here. But thank you, Ms. Mary. So, all right, 888 woods is the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. To my sister there in Lake Wales, since I was talking about uh, you know, the age of the president, other old people in office, and how bad it's really gotten, to the point that the... The... Uh, Vice President actually has to say, no, really, the, the President's alive and well. Oh, thank you, because I was wondering about that. So my sister said, we need to add age limits with term limits, new young ideas needed. Now, my thought is not as much as uh, new ideas needed, but to me, the, the idea is not a new one, but it's more of a limited one. In other words, here's what I've been saying for years about, you know, many years about government. When I take a look at what people in government try to do to fix problems, first off, many of the problems are not even real. They're, they claim there's problems and they start an agency to fix a problem. There wasn't a problem before. Now they've created one. Yeah, And in, in times when there really is a problem, when government tries to get in to fix it, oftentimes they make it worse. This is why I said that, you know, healthcare, for example, not just America, but look at other countries. The more government takes over healthcare, the worse healthcare gets. The more expensive it gets for everybody, the harder it is to access, et cetera, et cetera. College, same thing. Listening to Mike Rowe speak when he was here in town, and I really do admire Mike Rowe, but he said he has a college degree, but his college degree cost him $17,000. 
today that exact same degree is $90,000 for the same stuff. But it was your government that stepped in to make universities, colleges as well, more accessible and more affordable. And look what happened. Same thing when it comes to power companies. We're going to make energy cleaner. It's dirtier. Your wind and solar and so on. We're going to make it more efficient and sustainable and more affordable. And the opposite of all of that has happened. So my answer is not exactly a new idea. It's the idea of... Obviously, these people don't know what they're doing. They're not experts in everything like they claim they are. They act like they're going to fix everything. They even tell you they can change the weather. Bad weather happening? <clears throat> well, that's climate change. And so we're going to go fix that so you never have to put up with another hurricane or tornado or a flood or a drought ever again. We're going to fix the weather. That's government for you. So my new idea is actually an old idea of let's limit, old in America anyway, let's limit seriously the size of government so they don't have a whole lot of responsibility. There's other ways to solve actual problems. By the way, Sister Dear, since I'm, I'm mentioning this, uh, let's see, there was a story that I have here. Let me go ahead and grab it real quick. It has to do with school vouchers because I know we're both big proponents of school vouchers. I'll get to this next hour because it's a little bit to get into. School vouchers are so popular in some districts around America that the districts are actually running out of school vouchers. Isn't that cool? <clears throat> well, because your public school system, here's government coming along saying we're going to make a public school system and we're going to make sure every kid gets an education. Of course, they call it a free education, but it's not because we have to pay taxes for this. So there's nothing free about this. But okay, they, not a free system, but your government was going to take over and make this great school system. Well, the more they put into it, you're, it was Jimmy Carter who started the Department of Education. Because we need to fix our school systems. And the more they pour into it, the worse it gets. To the point that people across the country are demanding school vouchers. So in some places like Arizona and Iowa, to name a couple, and again, I'll get into this a little bit later on. But when we take a look at those places, it turns out school vouchers are so popular, so popular, that they're running out of school vouchers. Now, I want to know, what does that mean to run out of a voucher? Because my first thought is, can't you just print another voucher? Maybe they're running out of classroom space at some of these schools. I don't know. I, I want to find out what the answer to that is. But that's how popular it is, which means the school system's that bad. And, Sister Dear, you've experienced that where you live as well, how, how bad the public school system can, can actually get. This is what happens when your government decides to fix a problem. So my new idea is actually an old idea as far as America is concerned, and that's not to hire elect people who try to convince us that they can fix everything, that they're experts in everything and they can fix everything. They're not experts in anything except how to get elected. They certainly are not the smartest among us. Uh, I hate to say, but the vast majority of them are not the smartest among us. And so it's the last place I want to look in order to find any solution to anything. 742, let's get Don Dayon about the weather. Let's wake up one. 
Keeping some honest, letting some lie, letting you vent. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in 888-97-WOODS. Okay, I don't know who's singing happy birthday there, but I want to kill every one of them. So if you want a birthday present from Miss Mary, get me the names and addresses of everybody singing right there. And I just go handle them over there. Don Day is on the phone with us right now. Morning, Don. So uh, Saturday was just yuck. Yeah, winter. Yeah, I just, I for one of those rare occasions where I just looked outside and went, no, I'm not even. And I just stayed inside all day. It wasn't worth it. Now, Sunday wasn't too bad anyway. And it looks like there's slow and steady improvement. Yeah, and we're going to see that. And really, it's really not looking all that bad this week. Yes, it's still going to be cold today. Tomorrow, uh, we actually will warm up a little bit. But I think for trick-or-treating Halloween activities, uh, we have seen far worse Halloweens. That's for sure. It'll be dry and clear, just a little on the cool side. But as we go into mid to late week, temperatures are going to moderate. So temperatures are going to warm up nicely. Okay. Now, as we do this, I'm looking outside right now and going, yeah, a little on the breezy side. I know it's that time of year. Does that get better or worse? Or well, no, we are getting into the windy season. And this okay. is something that as we get warmer, so in the cold season, when you get colder, the winds go down. When it starts to warm up, the winds pick up. So right. that rule applies now going forward. And so as we get to mid to late week, yes, it gets warmer, but we are going to have some bouts of some gusty winds. This is especially true, as I see, as we get to Thursday, Friday. Um, do expect the winds to be a bit more of a factor. But at the same time, between now and Friday, there's really no significant precipitation coming. Did you notice I didn't look this weekend? Did I-80 ever close down? I don't think so. Don't uh, think so. Wow. It certainly was was slick, and I do yeah. know there were a few accidents. But, you know, the snow amounts on the interstate really weren't all that bad, and there really wasn't that a lot much right. wind. So that was good. So we got through it without too many problems. Okay, so last question here then. Anything I always worry this time of year about what might be brewing that's on your crystal ball. Nothing, nothing this work week. Okay. And I really, and if we, we will probably have some system of some sort come through this weekend, but it doesn't look like a, a significant system at the moment. Okay. All right. We're hanging in there. All right. Thank you, Don. I appreciate it. Well, Don Day with Day Weather. So, okay. Not all entirely bad as we get into, yeah, a little bit on the breezier and cooler side. But, yeah, trick-or-treaters out there, not horrible for you. Let's head on over to the icebox. Frank Gambino waiting by. What do you uh, mean it's not horrible? That means they're going to go for more candy, and I can't keep it all. Well, uh, do it. Does it, do trick-or-treaters show up at your house? Well, no, I turn the, turn the porch light okay, off. Okay, well, then I don't think you have anything to worry about. Just sit there and eat all you want, Frank. And yeah. you're one of these jerks who doesn't get fat. So. Right. Yeah. And I keep all the candy for myself. Yeah, just have at it. And you then, and then right if ahead. I want more, then I will take out my own pillowcase and mm -hmm. put on something and then just troll my own neighborhood. How is your relationship between you and your dentist? Um, we're, we're, we're fairly close. Very uh, close. I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, here's one for you. You're really going to like this. The first ever Florida man. You know, so when we say Florida man, you know what's coming, right? Something weird. Florida man games will feature beer belly wrestling and um, an obstacle course. Oh, they have their own Olympics. Yeah. Uh, but usually it's Florida man doing something like really illegally stupid. Yeah, usually, criminal, yeah. In the criminal matter. St. Augustine, Florida. It's oh, not yeah, the, home of yeah, golf, golf it, Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, of course. It ain't the Olympics, but a group of Florida men plan to host a competition themed according to the collective antics of beer-loving, gator-possessing 
rap sheet heavy mullet wearing social media phenomenon known Florida man. So why not just make the Florida man contest? And what do you give out medals for this? Or, I don't you know, know what gold exactly. Medal, silver medal, a get, a medal. get out of jail free card. Yeah, that, that could be it. Um, yeah, you know, maybe maybe bail money. Yeah, bail money. Maybe a card to go get some professional help. Yeah, uh, yeah. Drug addiction stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Here's one: a Florida man blames bad dreams for a damaging brother-in-law's car at one a.m. Okay. See, the insurance company will go. Um, I yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, so I want to know, uh, and what I'm not seeing in the story here is what exactly kind of competitions do you have? But I'm with you on this one. Oh, wait a second now. Um, let's see, there's real-life stories that are going to be there. Florida, Oh, Florida man firebombs garage that impounded his car and destroys his own car. Okay, this... <laughs> Not really working out well for this guy. Anyway, that, that's the gold medal right that's, now. That's that's right there. Yeah, but anyway, I'd like to know if they're going to have some Olympic kind of competition. What exactly do you do as Florida Man competitions, and do police have to be standing by, and perhaps the fire department? Yeah, they they can be like the judges. Yeah, I would say so. So, uh, just got to make sure it's legal anyway. You know, but now do they have a mullet contest? Do they have a well, bad hair well, contest? Well, that that's, that's, have, that should be illegal too. That because, and then what are the prizes that you give out for a Florida man when someone wins? We were just going through. Yeah, get out of jail free. Yeah, get them a medal. Uh, you know. Go ahead and get them off of. Uh, give them some kind of a rehab. Yeah. You know, I guess rehab's going to have to free, be free legal assistance. You know, uh, something like. Oh yeah. Okay. Sponsored by the law firm of. <laughs> <laughs> We'll give you an hour of our time, okay? If I can find a list of competitions, I'll get back to you with that. It just sounds like fun. All right, in college football, the Wyoming Cowboys turned turned in a horrendous performance on Saturday, losing at Boise State 32-7. to It wasn't a shining example of Cowboy tough as UW was dominated on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Pokes had an abysmal 27 yards of rushing, and that says it all. Quarterback Andrew Peasley suffered through a 10-of-20 passing effort for just 85 yards and a touchdown. Boise State had 443 yards of total offense, including a whopping 227 on the ground. That says it all. Wyoming was outplayed in every single facet of the game and thoroughly outcoached. For a team that was enjoying a, a good season with high hopes coming into the Boise game, the effort on Saturday was just inexplicable, especially coming off a of bye week. But UW 5-3 and three overall, 2-2 two and two in Mountain West play, and they have a really quick turnaround. They'll host Colorado State in the border war on Friday night at 6 p.m. in Laramie. In the NFL, will wonders ever cease? The Denver Broncos finally beat the Kansas City Chiefs the final 24-9 yesterday in Colorado, and that broke a 16-game losing streak to the Chiefs. Bronco quarterback Russell Wilson threw three TD passes. The Bronco defense forced four turnovers. KC quarterback Patrick Mahomes threw two interceptions and lost a fumble. So the Broncos are 3-5 and five on the year going into their bye week and Kansas City is 6-2 and two and they just look terrible in the process. In high school football from over the weekend, it was the first round of the playoffs in 4A defending champion Sheridan drilled Kelly Walls 59-0. Cheyenne East over Rock Springs 42-14. The Trona prevailed over Cheyenne Central 14-3 and Thunder Basin pounded Campbell County 40-12. to In the semifinals on Friday, Sheridan will host Thunder Basin and Cheyenne East will be at Natrona. In 1A9, man defending champion Pine Bluffs eliminated by Big Piney 28-14. 
won a six-man KC was eliminated at home by Dubois 59-32. The State High School Volleyball Tournament will start on Thursday at the Ford Center in Casper. In 4A Thunder Basin ended up winning the East Regional uh, and handing Laramie their first loss of the season in that regional final. So Thunder Basin will play Riverton in the opening round on Thursday. Laramie draws Star Valley to start things out. Kelly Walsh is the second seed from the West. They'll play Campbell County in round one. Cody won the 4A West Regional. will take on Cheyenne East on Thursday in the opening round. Just the Defending 2A champion Burns will be the 2C from the East. They'll play Shoshone in the first round. And Pine Bluffs is the 4C from the East. They'll draw Grable in the quarterfinal round. Tonight in baseball, the World Series moves along in Phoenix as Arizona will host Texas. Arizona won Game 2, 9-1 after Texas won a thrilling 6-5 contest in Game 1 back on Friday. That's in the sports. I did get a request from one listener. Could we just not talk about the uh, last UW game and no. just move on with our lives? No, no. No, we got to be no. This, this yeah. must be seared into people's memories. Okay. All right. To know where you've been, where yeah. you are, what and happened? where you're going. Yes, so we can go ahead and fix the next game before. That's the theory. Okay. That's the theory anyway. That's the saying. theory. That's the theory. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Frank, coming up on some local biz. I tried. I tried. I tossed it out there in front of him. He's going to beat you over the head with it anyway. So, all right. Coming up on some local business that we're going to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Monday, and it's Halloween Eve. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, let's go ahead and get right into, since it's, you know, the spooky season, the scariest part of this show every single day. That's open phones. Frightening to me, anyway. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in. And let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven with the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. I'll get into more of these bits tomorrow, which will actually be Halloween. But some things that I play every single year include this one: the Socialist Halloween. And looks like you've done really well for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I've been walking all over the neighborhood farther than anyone else. Hey, what, what, what are you doing? That's my candy. Oh, you didn't earn that. 
Sharing is caring, you know. There are kids out there who are less fortunate and can't afford a costume this year. Yeah, well, they can go out and mow lawns and earn money like, like I did. Here you go, kids. Hey, they were out there trick-or-treating. But they're the less fortunate. But they never left the house. I did all the work. Well, and you know, I'm afraid there's just not enough here. We're going to have to ask you to go out and get some more. But, but, be back by nine. That's bedtime. See you later. Yeah, so socialists get involved in Halloween. Okay, again, triple eight ninety seven was the phone number. So I said I was going to get into this. Let's do this. School vouchers in some places are so popular, some districts are running out. The story says more states have been adopting expanded school choice options, which, again, I'm in favor of, especially for a state like Wyoming. The more options available, the better choice and competition, good. And there are those in, well, anywhere, not just Wyoming, that will say, wait, you're trying to put the public schools out of business. Well, I'm not trying to put anybody out of business, but if they can't cut it in free market competition, then let them go out of business, and that includes the public schools. Any school that wants to survive needs to really up their game and turn out, for lack of a better term, a good product. So offering vouchers, the story says, for families who wish to move their children from failing public schools to private schools, charter schools, homeschooling. In the past year, nine states have adopted rules that not only provide for this choice, but have reduced our caps on household income levels so that less economically challenged families can qualify for vouchers. So the trend is creating some budgetary challenges for states while raising questions over programs that were originally envisioned as a way for low-income households to help their children succeed. Now, here's what I wonder. Why should it cause a budgetary problem? In most cases... Not every case. There are some expensive private schools out there. But in most cases, private schools and charter schools, and especially homeschooling, is a lot less expensive than a public school. So why would it create a budgetary challenge? Well, I'll read on. But it also highlights the question of how education, long viewed as a primary public-funded responsibility of the state, can survive if it increasingly moves to the private sector. Well, again, this shouldn't be hard. I'm going to pick a number out of thin air. Let's say we spend $20,000 a year on a student. I don't know. I'm just picking a number. So don't take that as any kind of gospel. Well, if in a public school, any public school system, if we're spending $20,000 a year on education for a single kid, then just take that money and give it to the charter school or the private school. Shouldn't it be just that easy of a transfer? Well, okay. Let's read on. In some states, higher income families can now use taxpayer money to cover private school tuition. And more people than projected are taking that offer, which might force scrambling to uh, shore up those state budgets. Well, again, it shouldn't be the case. The same money should follow. Uh, If the family wants to go to a really expensive private school, fine, but the state still pays the same amount. The parents have to make up the difference. All right. It's especially an issue in states like Arizona and Iowa, where at least some family whose children 
were already in a private school can now take advantage of public funding. It busts our budget because it takes on a, as a public expense what previously was a private cost. Well, hold on now. I don't necessarily see. I still am confused by this. Someone's going to have to further explain this to me. Because if a family, this is how it has been to my understanding, unless those states do it differently. If a family decides to send their kids to a private school, they have to pay that tuition. But they're still taxed. Unless there's a write-off somewhere, they're still taxed as if they were going to send their kid to a private or public school. So, again, why should this cause a budgetary problem? I think they have a problem with the way they're, they're spending money or the way they perceive to be spending money. So in Arizona and Iowa, families who were already paying for private schools are now able to apply for state vouchers to pay for children's education. And many of them have been taking advantage of this opportunity, uh, punching an even larger hole in the budget. It shouldn't punch a hole in the budget. In some ways, that's a legitimate complaint because all states are wrestling with their budget woes to some degree. That's the mistake of the states in spending too much money. But the complaints are also somewhat disingenuous for a few reasons, the story says. It's easy to create a private school student as a privileged little brat, the author says, being dropped off in a limousine. But a lot of them come from families that are already struggling financially, but feel forced to make the sacrifice because, well, public schools around them are just absolutely that bad. The vouchers are no doubt a relief for them as well. So for many families, the story says private schools are not the preferred option in terms of giving their kids all sorts of fundamental reading, writing, history, science. You know what they're supposed to be getting, of course. There's also environments where some proper level of control can be enforced. In other words, the classrooms are not out of control. So when it comes to maximum income caps, uh, believe it or not, it comes down to an underlying question, whether education should be, well, a public service, let me solve it for him, because I keep reading into this, and I keep thinking, they're doing this all wrong. Again, I picked a number out of thin air. I said 20000 a year per kid. Don't take that number to mean anything. I just picked a number, right? So that's what the kid gets, whether they go to a public school or a private school or whatever you want to do, homeschool, whatever. The same money follows the kid. It shouldn't bust anybody's budget. If the parent wants to send the kids to a really expensive school, fine, but they don't get any extra money for that. They're going to have to make up the difference. Terry Gal is in Fort Collins. Part of the problem with the loss in income to the public school when the students move to a private or charter school is that when the head count is done for federal money, those kids aren't counted. There's always a head count in the classroom for federal money to be received. See, I think there should be some kind of uh, a transfer of that money instead of the money going still to the public schools, if that's what you're saying. It should just, the, the it, really, the, the public schools shouldn't get that money anymore. The money follows the kid. So pick a price per, how much are we going to spend per student for that kid's education per year? So the money follows the kid no matter where they go, even if that's homeschooling. And the money is never more or less. It's the same. So whoever's teaching the kid, they get the money. 
So the idea that, well, it's busting our budget, I then I'd like to see how you're doing your budget because that doesn't make any sense. 816, Wake Up Wyoming. Local and mobile across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. See, that started off great. I wonder if it goes anyplace weird. Nope, nope, nope. We finally have a good one. Okay, see, Miss Mary, I approve of this happy birthday. Thank you for that because it's not annoying. It's <laughs> Except when they play it over and over and over again. That gets annoying after a while. All right. 8.21's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Kevin and Wheatland, the federal government shouldn't be giving money to any schools. Well, there is part of me that agrees with that. And, and the reason why is because every time the federal government hands out something, Strings are attached to it. Yeah, they, really. And and then they start the Department of Education. And since we've had the Department of Education, things have not been getting better. They've been getting worse. Far worse. Which is why many people say, just shut down the Department of Education. Oh, get a little of this. Since I'm talking education right now. World's most useless degree. Now, last Thursday, Mike Rowe was in town. We, he talked quite a bit about education. And he's not anti-college. He has a college degree. But he does point out that what he got a degree in actually had some use to it. And it only cost him $70,000 as opposed to today, the same degree would cost $90,000. And oftentimes they throw other useless things in that the kids have to study that have nothing to do with whatever profession you're trying to get into. So this story says, as, it, as I understand it, says the author, college game day is coming to the University of Utah ahead of the matchup with Oregon. He said he watched the game last week, and he talks about it here. Of course, he says, I'm an Ohio State fan at heart. He's Buckeye. He talks about that. Okay. Speaking of college, university in England will offer a new degree. He said, I don't know about you, but when I was young and stupid, everyone was expected to go to college. He said, I changed my major twice before settling on what, you know, what he ended up going to. And that's something, by the way, I've said before, I know some of you disagree with me on this. I've said before, I wouldn't really let anyone go spend money on college until they were sure what they were going to do. Because there's people who show up and just start taking classes and spending money, but they have no idea what they're going to do. So he said, you know, the, the whole point uh, was to build discipline and so on and, and, and get something you can get a paycheck with. So to get a master's in magic and occult science, yeah, build in, interdisciplinary expertise while exploring your specific interests within the long and diverse history of witchcraft, ritual magic, occult science, and related topics. Hey, um, Rianne, this is right up your alley here. Join the dynamic postgraduate community, benefiting from research inspired by the teaching led by a top range of scholars in different fields dealing with the occult. Their prestigious magic and... Uh, well, welcomes uh, students to a monthly meeting and local field trips as well. Graduates with skills and knowledge will need to influence and drive businesses' strategies to contribute to environment and society. Okay, so they want you basically to study magic. 
uh, traditional magic. Magic that goes back through history. Greece, Rome, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and all sorts of witchcraft and all sorts of other magic and folklore and stuff like that. You can get a degree in this. Why? There are some requirements. You have to have an honor student since only college honor students is boneheaded enough to want a master's in witchcraft. There is also um, about $12,000 for long-time students. Part-time attendees at $6,000 to get a degree in witchcraft. He said, I went on a date with a Wiccan when I was a bachelor. She was nice enough lady, but also as broke as... And to this day, she's still just completely broke. There's a Wiccan who had, this writer says, uh, had a stall at our local farmer's market for someone so full of peace and harmony. She looked like she was always going to punch someone in the face. Oh, Okay. So, but now here, okay, who knows? You can go ahead and get a degree in this, and it was going to cost you about $12,000 to do it. Hmm. On average, it'll cost, let me see, uh, it talks about the different points that you can get here. Um, 90%, okay, then it, it gets a little bit more into what the degree entails, and I don't think that's really important. I think that the important part here is, once again, here's a college offering a degree to some students in this. And there's some students who will go ahead and spend a lot of money to go ahead and get a degree. Okay. In, in all sorts of different types of magic and mysticism. And then the question is, and do what with it after they're done? This is a lot like you've, we've all kidded at some point. A degree in underwater basket weaving. Kind of the same thing. The point of the underwater basket weaving joke is you got a degree in it so you can do it. But it's absolutely useless once you get into the real world now that you have the degree. It's not something you can actually do anything with. Which is why I've made the argument, and I know a lot of people disagree with me on this, but I make the argument that the kids should not be allowed to spend any money on college until they're sure what their degree is going toward. So they're not just going to start taking random classes in particularly nothing. But they're actually looking for a degree in something specific for a specific job. Then, once they start taking that, the, all, the only classes they have to take have to do with that degree. Now, some people argue with me, but you want them to be well-rounded in other subjects so they can have more of a well-rounded life. Well, you can do that today. You don't need – you could have done that way back then. But it's even easier today because today we have the Internet. What do you want to know? What do you want to learn? Oh, there's a lot of garbage on the Internet, I know, but there's a lot of good stuff, too. And I learn stuff all the time. I love watching uh, different uh, geologists, astrophysicists. That's the kind of stuff when I'm at home. And I want to watch something that has nothing to do with news. There's various geologists and physicists and astrophysicists that I like watching. And these are the real deal, people who are actually in this profession. And they talk about what they're exploring and studying. And I get to learn along with them. And I'm watching YouTube videos on this put on by actually people who are in this field. There's so many things I've learned over the years by finding material that's available. So if I want to be more well-rounded, and I think I pretty much am, it's because of stuff I decided to study on my own. You didn't need to go to college for that. So I would just narrow down college. Let's not have a degree in witchcraft. Screw that. Or many of the other idiotic things they have degrees in. Instead... 
Okay, young man, young lady, you want to do what when you graduate? What is your chosen profession? Got it. That's your chosen profession. Now, that we have your chosen profession down, we're going to give you the courses that have nothing to do with that profession, and you're going to focus on it, laser beam focus on it. If there's anything else you want to study, that's on your own. That, that way, the student gets done in a reasonable amount of time and didn't spend a couple hundred thousand dollars, most of which would be spent on something that was just idiotic, right? Coming up on 8.30, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again with a nice long segment of open phones. Oh, Rhiannon Fort Danger, no thanks on that. I am a solitary witch. I learned and practiced in my own ways. Yeah, you see, that's why you're going to end up blowing up Wyoming with your potions. I'm just tossing that out there. Let's wake up, Wyoming. So many opinions, we had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Okay. <laughs> there are those people who probably are just uh, loving that one, but I I liked the piano player earlier. I Miss Mary's just playing every happy birthday song that she can find. There's probably only just a few versions of that. I hope anyway. I, I think I've Want to now talk they to have Glenn? to pay for energy. Or chat him so he wants more production, but from anywhere but the United States. We've been K2 through this already Radio. before, but he's still... Gas prices have risen. Now, we've recently watched gas prices drop to a lower level, but they're still much higher than they were before Biden took office. Energy in general keeps going up. Even here in Wyoming, we're having that argument right now over a possibility of raising our electric rates by up to 30%. And that's just what they want for this year. Next year, the electric company is going to ask for yet another rate increase. They've already said they're going to. To find enough energy to meet demand, the story says, Biden has negotiated with and sometimes begged foreign producers. An effort that hasn't gone over well with the oil and gas industry. Biden entered office almost a year after the pandemic wiped out energy demand across the globe. Production and export rates for all the major producing companies collapsed. But eventually demand started to grow again. Now, the Russian invasion of Ukraine made it harder for people to get things like natural gas. Here again, we're producing plenty in the United States. We could be exporting not just... It didn't have to affect us at all. It did not have to affect us at all. We have enough energy here in America that a worldwide collapse of energy did not have to affect us. But here again, Biden is doing putting the screws on trying to stop as much energy, energy production as he can here in the United States while asking for more of it from other countries. So now Russia invades Ukraine and European countries are now starving for natural gas, and we could have provided it for them easily. Here comes the Biden administration again. So, okay, Reuters reported that 40% of supplies that used to come from Russia 
come to China via a, a pipeline in the Siberian Pacific Ocean pipeline, which was financed with $50 billion in Chinese loans. China's getting plenty of fuel from them. By the way, China wants coal from this part of the country. China would love to have coal because we have some of the best on the planet, if not the best, but we can't get it to them. And that's not just because of the Biden administration. That's just because of states like uh, Oregon, California, Washington State. Before the pandemic, Saudi Arabia briefly produced 11.6 million barrels per day. The pandemic brought their production way down, but now it's coming back up again. But not as much here in the United States. Former President Donald Trump had to withdraw in a 2018 from Iran nuclear deal, which placed restrictions on Iran's nuclear program in exchange for sanction relief. Biden has been open and eager to rejoin that deal. Story says the Biden administration has been accused of lax enforcement of sanctions against Iran. So now we have that problem, too. It would be so much easier for us just to go back and produce what we were before. Just produce energy here at home. And not just sell it here at home, but we could export it across the world at a nice tidy profit. Imagine how much work that would provide. Not only would it drop our energy prices here at home, but imagine how many jobs that would provide here in America as well. But instead, for those people who are happy with Biden because they want to see an end to the use of coal, gas, and oil, he really hasn't been doing that. He's just been shifting it. So we're buying it from foreign countries rather than just producing it right here in America and using it right here in America. So there hasn't been an end to production of coal, gas, and oil, just a shift out of America to other countries, which, of course, is a hell of a lot more expensive than just producing it here in America. So if you wonder why energy prices continue to go up, yes, again, there was a dip in gas prices for a while, and that has been nice. But in general, it prices of energy name your kind of energy prices of energy continues to go up all we have to do is produce it at home now, i know most of you listen to me right now and you're going well duh that's all we have to do well i know that you know that don't know what the problem is with the biden administration or those people who are fooled by the idea that biden is actually trying to do something to get us off of coal gas and oil how is that possible when we're importing more than ever before And again, our use of it, despite the push toward electric vehicles and things, wind and solar, we're still using as much energy as ever before in the United States. We just don't produce as much in the United States. 845, Wake Up Wyoming.
I'm talking with Susan Burke of hospice because usually when you think of hospice, you think of end of life care, but then there's all of those people who need help, friends and family afterwards. Absolutely. And we're talking about grief care and at Central Wyoming Hospice and Transitions, one of the things that I hear from a lot of people is they don't realize that we offer grief care to the entire community free of charge. So you don't have to have had a loved one or family member on our services in order to take advantage. So we offer it a number of different ways, Glenn. We have one-on-one sessions. We do group support sessions, community events throughout the year like Candlelight Remembrances. And we also offer special care for youth because, you know, youth grieve differently than adults do. And often what you find is a situation where the loss has been suffered by the child or the young person and also the family. The family is dealing with their grief and they don't often know how to deal with their child's grief or their nephew or their grandson. So one of the things that we have going on now is a program called Where Art Meets Grief. And that meets once a month um, on the third week of the month. And it's a partnership with the Nicolaisen Art Museum to help young people process their grief through art. And it takes place at the Boys and Girls Club. That goes through the end of the school year. And then it will start up again in the fall when school starts up again. And let's not forget for those people who are suffering through grief, it's not always immediate. Absolutely. So a lot come of, on back anytime. I'll use myself as an example. My mother passed away in 2004, I think, and I still get waves of grief about that. The grief doesn't go away. We tend to kind of grow around it and learn how to accept it. And everybody's journey is different and nobody really knows how to go through it because it's sort of trying to reach a destination in the dark without a map or a flashlight. How do they find more information or attend a program? You can just give us a call, 577-4832. We also have a lot of information on our website, which is centralwyomonghospice.org.
four-minute stations, four minutes away from your next Fox News Top of the Hour newscast. Three minute stations, three minutes away from your Fox News top of the hour newscast. Two minute stations, two minutes away from your Fox News top of the hour newscast.
The auto workers' strike is over. I'm Chris Foster. Fox News, the union has now reached a deal with all of the big three automakers targeted with strikes that started six weeks ago. Fox's Jeff Manasso. Ford last week, Stellantis this weekend, and now General Motors, too, reaching a tentative deal with the UAW. In a strike that was costing the automaker more than $400 million per week, GM coming to the table less than 48 hours after the union widened its strike, with some 4,000 workers walking off the job at GM's Spring Hill Tennessee assembly plant. The deals will last four years and eight months, including wage increases through raises and cost of living adjustments of more than 30% over the life of the contract. President Biden issues and speaks later today about an executive order on artificial intelligence. It requires developers of AI systems to share safety results with the government. It orders the Commerce Department to develop guidance for content authentication, like watermarking AI-generated content. Much of the executive order relies on the Defense Production Act, but the administration says more action is required and officials will work with Congress on bipartisan AI legislation. At the White House, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Now, judging Colorado's hearing arguments about whether Donald Trump should be declared ineligible to be president again because of the anti-insurrection clause in the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. A group of six Republican and unaffiliated voters sued, arguing the former president violated his vote of office by trying to overturn the 2020 election results. They want a court order blocking the Colorado Secretary of State from putting the former president's name on the GOP primary and general election ballots. The judge says she expects to rule on it by Thanksgiving, which would allow time for the appeals process. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. And former President Trump leads Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley by 27 points in Iowa in a new NBC News Des Moines Register at Mediacom survey. Haley's up 10 points since August. America's listening to Fox News. Pure Talk, America's wireless company, is on a mission to alleviate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day, but they're going to need your help. Now, Pure Talk will donate a percentage of every new order to this great cause. When you make the switch, they make it simple, fast, and easy to their super-fast 5G network. Talk, text, plenty of data now, only at 20 bucks a month. Do it right now. Dial pound 250. Say the keyword, save now. Make the switch to Pure Talk, and you can help a military member in need. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our nation's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its... Here is the latest from K2 Radio News. The Casper Police Department is currently investigating a critical incident that occurred just after midnight on Saturday morning. Police arrived near 1300 East 12th Street to find two disabled vehicles that had crashed through a fence into a residential yard along with multiple individuals involved in what appeared to be a physical altercation with a firearm. This according to the Casper Police Department. Five adults were detained and questioned. One was transported to Banner, Wyoming Medical Center for a non-life-threatening gunshot wound sustained during a struggle prior to the police's arrival. We will update this story when we know more. A 46-year-old Denver, Colorado man is facing 5 to 40 years in federal prison after being found guilty of conspiracy to distribute fentanyl in Wyoming. This was announced by United States Attorney Nick Visayo. Troqueves Dwayne Hardy was convicted on Wednesday, October 25th, following a two-day trial held before Chief U.S. District Court Judge Scott Scavdall in Casper. According to evidence presented at the trial, detectives within the Cheyenne PD and agents within the DEA conducted custodial interviews with several individuals who had recently been arrested and charged with drug crimes. The interviews, along with corroborating evidence from cell phones and Facebook, 
demonstrated that these individuals received at least 5,600 fentanyl pills from Hardy for distribution in the state of Wyoming. Hardy was indicted by a federal grand jury and pleaded not guilty to the charge in May. His sentencing is scheduled for January 16th of 2024. In addition to the 5- to 40-year prison term, Hardy is also facing up to a $5 million fine and no less than four years of supervised release. Police in Torrington are continuing to investigate the disappearance of a missing woman who was last seen on August 26th. That's according to a post on the Torrington PD's Facebook page. The the post says the probe into the disappearance of 33-year-old Aja Saldana has turned up some useful information over the past few days, but investigators still don't have firm evidence on her location, status, or well-being. The department is working with other agencies on the case. The post says that the longer she's missing, the greater the concern is for her safety. A previous post by the Torrington PD said that as of a few days ago, police had not seen any evidence that there was criminal intent involved in her disappearance. At that time, they were saying they had reason to believe that she might be in the Denver area. The latest update doesn't say whether that is still the case. They're again asking anyone who might have information on the case to call the Torrington Police at 307-532-7001 and talk to Detective Maestas. Again, that's 307-532-7001 to speak with Detective Maestas. Aja Saldana is a Hispanic female standing 5'2 and weighing 140 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes. She sometimes uses the name Aja Rangul. Also this week, Hogadon Basin in Casper has begun making snow. They have some great pictures of it on their Facebook page. We also shared it to our Facebook page. Uh, Their season passes are now on sale, so if you want a discounted price, you should go over to hogadon.net. You can get that discount until December 2nd. Thanks for listening and reporting from Casper. This is Colby Fedor. The week starts off fair, just a little bit chilly. Mostly sunny to partly sunny, breezy. Highs today only mid to upper 30s. Brisk west winds at 15 to 30 miles an hour. Fair cold tonight, upper teens. Halloween Tuesday, a little warmer, reaching a low to mid 40s. Breezy southwest winds at times. Clear with lows mid 20s Tuesday night. Sunny to partly sunny Wednesday, mid to upper 40s. And making the 50s Thursday into Friday. I'm Day Weather Meteorologist on deck. No, six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming, and we are back. Sorry about that, folks. It's okay. We just had a some kind of a weird computer glitch, and all of a sudden, I wasn't able to get back on the air. It, it's a long story to explain everything, but it just took over, and I wasn't able to get back on the air. Artificial intelligence. We told you about this. We nicknamed him Brian. And Brian just takes things over sometimes. So artificial intelligence someday will be controlling the show. And even me, I'll be basically like a puppet. But it, we just had to wait for things to sink back up again, and we're back in now. So I had a question. When was, in the last segment, when did we have the Department of Energy? Wasn't that Jimmy Carter? And I'm trying to remember while I was talking about it on the air. Thank you, Mark. Mark is in Centennial. He said, Carter started the Department of Energy August 4th, 1977. But remember, Nixon started the EPA in 1970 with the Environmental Quality Act. But House and Senate controlled by Democrats. Okay, well, we can do, I know some people will scream at me saying this, but we can do without an EPA because each state has their own version of the EPA on a state level. So we can get rid of the federal EPA. 
Also, the Department of Energy, which was supposed to make us energy independent. And that was started in 1977. And it wasn't until we got to Donald Trump that we were finally energy independent and even an exporter of energy. Until then, the more government, like with everything else, the more government got involved with it, the worse it got. And here we are again. We could be energy independent right now. There's absolutely no reason why we can't be. But what's happening is your government is helping. Yeah, I know. I'm here from the government. Yeah. Hello, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. That's essentially what's going on right now. And the more they try to help, the harder it is to get energy and the more expensive it becomes. That's your government helping for it. Rather than letting the free market just go ahead and handle it. And some people, when I say, I actually come across this a lot. When I say something like that, just let the free market handle it. Well, you can't have no rules and controls. And it would, what would you have? I didn't say no rules and control. Nobody said anything about that. You have a few basic rules to make sure that the energy companies are being honest with us. A few basic laws in place to make sure they're, being, they're doing business honestly. And a few basic rules to make sure that they're not polluting. CO2 is not a pollutant. CO2 is not a pollutant. But as for actual pollutants, yeah, make sure that they're not making a mess. Other than that, let them do what free market capitalists do. And the idea, well, they make this profit good. Let them make a profit. That's what a business is all about. That's the purpose of all of this. Just let it organically happen. And we'll have loads of energy at very low cost. All right, now on that note, electric, this is the headline. Electric vehicles are a financial car wreck. Taxpayers subsidize electric vehicle charging at rate equivalent of $17.33 per gallon of gasoline. What? Overcharge expectations, it said, unmasking the true cost of electric vehicles. Now, this is where... Once again, those people who are driving electric vehicles, imagine what the cost would be, not just for purchasing the vehicle, but for charging the vehicle, if you are not getting tax breaks and subsidies. Imagine what that would look like. All right, so this is a short story here, but here's what it says. First of its kind analysis reveals the true cost of owning and operating an electric vehicle without government subsidies. A study by a think tank has determined that electric vehicles would cost oodles more if it weren't for subsidies. Now, again, duh, we all know that, right? The study from the Texas Public Policy Foundation found, for example, that the average electric vehicle back in 2021 would have cost about $48,698 more to own over a 10-year period than, than they purchased it for. So picture the purchase price of an electric vehicle. Now add about $48,698 average on top of that. That's what it would have been without the $22 billion in government favors for manufacturers and owners. Quote, EV advocates claim the cost of electric vehicles is equal to $1.21 per gallon of gasoline. Sure, do you think so? But the cost of charging equipment and charging losses and average out over 10 years and the mileage, okay, 
adding all of the costs and the subsidies and tax breaks and et cetera, et cetera. The owner would actually, imagine this, you EV owners, if you went to charge your vehicle. So here I am at the gas pump paying whatever the price currently is per gallon, right? And you're paying $17.33 per gallon equivalent. I would imagine any of us that are driving gasoline cars, if we pulled up to the pump and it was $17.33 per hour or per gallon, $17.33 per gallon. Imagine what that would do to us. Well, that's what it would cost to charge an electric vehicle if it wasn't for all of the tax breaks and the subsidies. So you folks are getting an enormous break. And this, the same thing, by the way, the lie of wind and solar. Well, it's cheaper if wind and solar is cheaper than, well, than if we're using coal, for example, or natural gas to make electricity. No, it's not. It's outrageously more expensive. But you see, and you might think, well, the wind's blowing, you just get this free energy. Yeah, but you have to build it and maintain it. And that's outrageously more expensive. The only reason it seems cheaper is because it's heavily subsidized and they get loads of tax breaks. Now, Wyoming can go ahead and claim, yeah, but we do tax when they sell that electricity. We do tax the electricity they sell. Okay, good. But still, it's heavily subsidized. Now, for those people who think, well, oil companies get subsidies. No, they don't. No. They do get something of a tax break, which I'm in favor of to some tax breaks in, in the sense that when a company goes to do business, that's, they have to spend the money that they earned in order to create more business, to extract more oil. Well, if they're buying new vehicles, repairing old vehicles, building a new site, okay, whatever, hiring employees, whatever, they get tax breaks so they can use more of the money that they earned. And that was money that they earned. That's not the people's money. That's the oil company's money. Now, if you're thinking, well, those rich oil companies, uh, most oil companies are mom and pop businesses, not big business. There are a few major oil companies out there. Yeah, and congratulations on being so successful. Most oil companies are little mom and pop businesses. Right. They're not getting subsidies. They get some tax breaks. That's good. That helps them stay in business. But they're not getting subsidies. Your wind and solar and your electric vehicles are getting a whole lot of both. And if we were to shut off those tax breaks and subsidies, the extra ones that they get, the wind and solar, wow, is that going to, would that be outrageously expensive? And nobody would be able, except mega ultra rich billionaires, nobody would be able to afford it. This goes back to where I say, if you really want the best product at the best price, let the marketplace work it out. 9.15, wake up. Got something to say to Glenn? Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Nine twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Denver, Colorado, you're up. Harkening back to the Rush Limbaugh days, here is Clarence Frogman Ooh. Henry. Ain't got no home or no place to roam. Ain't got no home or no place to roam. 
You're not going to believe how much they've spent on homelessness in Denver. Two weird things to put together. Here we go. In just a moment, he's going to sing like a girl. Then he does the frog thing. You tell me which one's more convincing. I think the frog singing's more convincing than the girl singing, but leave that up to you. That to me wasn't very convincing. Then he gets into the frog singing up next year. If a frog could sing, it would sound like this or maybe the frog from the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Again, you tell me. To me, the frog is very convincing. Clarence Frogman Henry, made famous by Rush Limbaugh, by the way. I don't think he really had a huge career as a singer when he was doing although he, you know, made some money off it. But when Limbaugh started using him for the homeless update, that's when really it got big. All right, let's get down to Denver, Colorado. Story is $2 billion spent to combat homelessness in Denver. Wow. That's a lot, Denver. A report puts nearly $2 billion price tag on spending to combat homelessness in the Denver metro area. The report by Common Sense Institute for Free Enterprise Think Tank examined the growth of the homeless population in Colorado in addition to spending on resources, deaths, health care. Found that between 2021 and 2022, about $2 billion, close to, I'm almost exactly right on, $2 billion spent on homelessness by federal, state, and local and private entities. So if you're thinking, you know, Colorado, I didn't want to give you the impression that it was the city of Denver that paid the money. It was city, county, and state, and federal money. Since 2016, there's been a 58% increase in Metro Denver's unhoused population. Now, this is the new way of saying it. I've noticed several articles today. While you were still sleeping and I was here at work doing all of this research, several articles I came across that didn't say homeless unhoused so get used to hearing that i'm sure you're going to hear it a lot from now on because homeless is offensive i mean it might hurt someone's feeling but they're just unhoused which means the same thing but all right the executive direct wait hang on let me back up a minute here so they spent in about a year or so about two billion dollars in homelessness i wonder how much they've spent since 2016 and yet, despite spending all of this money, the homeless population 
has increased by about 58%. So spending all of this money on homelessness is not solving anything. Now, I'm not saying do nothing. At no time did I say do nothing. But I have to stop and say, apparently what we're doing isn't working. I'm not going to claim to have the answer for this either. But I can turn and say, I do know this much. What we're currently doing ain't working, and we need to rethink what we're doing here. All right, so reading on. Let's see. Since 2016, 58% increase. The picture is bleak, says uh, the executive director of this one institute that tries to fight homelessness in neighborhoods across the area. More children are unhoused. Homeless is the actual word. Mortality rates are higher than the average population. And Denver's health spending on homeless care has risen 34% in the past year or so. In 2022, 226 homeless individuals died from various causes, citing Denver Office of Medical Examiner data. That's up 67% since 2018. Over half, about 56% of the Homeless, it keeps saying unhoused, I'm not doing that, who died in Denver in 2022 died of drug overdoses, 126 total. There are 1,383 homeless individuals under 18 that they know of. Children are increasingly effective with a 600% increase in homeless uh, children since 2016. The report also detailed how Colorado cities are spending more than ever to combat homelessness. Denver, which is the has the largest homeless population in the state, also accounts for about 86% of the spending in the metro area. Spending on the issue has grown 62% since 2021. 62% since 2021. The city of Denver plans on spending tens of millions of dollars converting hotels for the homeless. That's not going to end well. Now, I'm not saying don't look for a solution, but we know what happens. We've seen this before. That's not going to end well. And they want wraparound services, including, well, the mayor wants a whole new homeless initiative, according to accounts down there. Now, according to CSI spending on hotels and motels for the homeless, it amounts to about $80,000 per room. You know, how, how 80000 per room? Well, with all the services and so on they get. And so here, once again, here's government stepping in to try to solve a problem. But you know, when government steps in to solve a problem, they spend outrageous amount of money and either they get no result at all or things get worse. So here you have in Colorado, they've spent all of this money and intend to spend a whole lot more, even picking up old hotels and converting them and so and what do they end up having here? More of a problem than they did before. So this is where, once again, I'm not going to sit here and say to you, well, I have all the solutions. Here's what they should do. I'm not going to sit here and say that. I don't have all the solutions. We had the same problems, some homeless problems this past summer here in Wyoming, too. We had some issues. I'm not going to sit here and say I know what to do about it. But I do know enough to say what we are doing right now isn't working and we really need to sit down and think of something entirely different. Spending tons of money with what kind of result? It's not getting better, it's getting worse. Blue Eyes and Douglas just spending money on hotel rooms and 
uh, stuff for these people. I was going to make these. It's going to make the situation worse because they know they don't have to try to get their life back. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I, just giving them a home doesn't solve the problem. We, we've been down that road before. We need to find a different solution. Coming up on 930, Wake Up Wyoming. Listen to Glenn Woods anywhere you roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 9.36 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, 888 Woods, phone number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Now, tomorrow's officially Halloween, and I will spend more time tomorrow doing what you're about to hear, but let's review a couple of things. We're coming up on a holiday where you have to worry about offending everybody. Whatever costume you're going to wear, somebody's going to be offended. Now, if you're thinking, if I were to think, well, I'm just going to go as myself, yeah, I'm like a little bit older than middle-aged white guy. I'm offending somebody. You don't, I don't care what you do. You're offending somebody. Well, last Halloween, there was a town in Washington State that we're all going to celebrate Halloween at their elementary school, and they're going to let all the kids dress up in Halloween costumes. But this is what they told the kids. But girls, you can't dress like a witch. There was a woman from the local Wicca chapter that was offended by the stereotype. Wait a minute. Excuse me, but if you're getting offended because you're a witch, you should be. (laughs) I've read about you people. You tried to throw Hansel and Gretel in an oven. You're poisoning apples. You're riding around on brooms. You got a big fat nose. You got warts sticking out of your face. You're throwing curses on everybody. If anybody deserves to be offended in this country, it's a witch. By the way, if I offend you and you're a witch, I don't know, isn't there a potion for that? (laughs) Maybe some bat wings, some lizard legs, some rutabagas, mix them up in a cauldron, drink it all up. Because I'm thinking, if you control the universe with your incantations, why, you'd have bigger fish to fry than being offended by a six-year-old in striped socks and a pointed hat trying to score a Kit Kat bar to Halloween, you dork. Put a helmet on! Now, one of my favorite ones to play, and I... I came across this quite a while ago on the internet, and I've, it has to do with how you trade Halloween candy. I think this is important. Because after all, the candy has been collected and the kids come home. If you've never watched it before, there's a process. If you like Necco wafers, the original candy wafer, yeah, that's a category that really took off. There's no need to watch this video. You're going to get screwed no matter what. Same goes if you like those nasty little orange and black candies. Save yourself some time. Don't go trick-or-treating. Just eat random crap you find on the floor. And now we begin. Step one, identifying your trading partner. Children under the age of five are legally protected. That's because of Becky's Law. Named after a Wisconsin girl who traded her entire stash for a box of good and plenties that her brother had convinced 
convinced her were unicorn eggs. She cried for three and a half years. Children between the ages of five and seven are allowed a 30-second trade-back grace period. This also applies to the elderly. If you have friends or siblings with any of the following traits, they make ideal trading partners. If you don't, you'll have to get crafty. Start by determining the flavor affinity of your opponent. There are three basic classes, and each one has a weakness. Be warned that a classic strategy is to pretend that you're in the fruit and sour category while executing the Smarties Gambit for a full-size Snickers. If you'd like to download a PDF version of this chart, please look in your butt. If your opponent says that they like special darks, be kind to them. They're probably going to be your boss someday. Likewise, if they express interest in any of the oral fixation candies like wax lips, paper dots, candy cigarettes, or pop rocks, keep track of them. They're going to be fun to hang out with in college before they drop out. Step 2. Pre-trade organization and preparation. Loose candy corn should be placed with your pennies. They're equally worthless. Under the new health law, ripped or unwrapped candy falls under the protection of pre-existing condition. And although they lose value, you cannot exclude them from trading. Dum-dums should be organized in complete sets, not by individual flavor. Unless, of course, you have three or more root beers, which can be set aside. Lump your three musketeers together with your Milky Ways to ferret out people that don't know the difference. Most likely, they'll confuse Crackles and Mr. Goodbars, too. Hide your Mary Janes, banana-flavored taffies, and any short-lasting bubblegums under a pile of Whoppers, Goobers, Caramel Cubes, and Red Hots. Be prepared to offer the full stack as an all-or-none trade for a Charleston Chewer grater. Although nerds are technically inert pop rocks, they should be placed in their own category. Unfortunately, Butterfingers, Almond Joy, and Mounds should be set aside for the mom and dad tax. Note that there is growing support to repeal the mom and dad tax as it hurts honest candy disclosure and might lead children to stop trick-or-treating altogether. If possible, avoid major transactions until after the election. And raisins should be burned and then peed on by your dog. Part 3, Classic Strategies. Avoid anyone who suggests dumping all the candy in a pile and rationing it out based on hunger. They are Marxists. John Maynard Keene suggested taking 40% of the candy from the children with the most, burying it in the ground, and then giving the candy poor children jobs digging it up. Or, of course, you can try the classic approach. Whatever you choose, remember that Pixie Sticks, Twizzlers, and Smarties are your workhorses, and Fifth Avenues are better than 100 grand. And as for anyone who gave you an apple, don't worry. They're going to hell. That they really are. Now, as far as uh, the raisins being burned and then peed on by your dog, the only place I differ that everything that you just heard, I think is spot on, except for <clears throat> I don't pee on those raisins using a dog. I do it personally because I'm personally very offended by that. Don't drop a toothbrush and toothpaste in there. You deserve to have your house egged, Okay. And don't put like pennies or whatever in there. I d- don't. Go. It's a candy time. And by the way, to the candy manufacturers out there, when they put out those little candies, they, this is the fun size. And it's a little candy. That's not fun because you have to eat like six or eight of those bef- before you finally had fun. The fun size is the king size. That that's what fun is. And I always laugh when I take a look at a bag of M and M's, and it says. The size of the bag, if it's a big one, shareable. Are you kidding me? Not sharing M&Ms with anyone. 942, wake up. No, those are mine. Go go trick or treat for your own. Just wake up Wyoming. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Seven at a time. Let's wake up Wyoming off to the icebox. We go Frank Gambino waiting by. So, Frank, someone put up a story here in the Wake Up Wyoming. So, how's our friend Drew? Our friend Drew. Yes, how to save your back during Wyoming's horrific snowstorms. And it shows somebody. How, how to save 
your back. Your back. Yeah, yeah. show somebody. It's called a snowblower. Yeah, okay, okay. I, I was going to do this here. Yeah, with you, because I figure, okay, we get a major snowstorm. How not to not just throw out your back, but not get a heart attack. Let's say we'll throw that okay. in, too. Right? Here, here, okay, here's some experience. Yes. You got to do it every two to three inches. It starts ah. snowing, even if it's two in the morning. Get out there and do something when it's just that much. Okay. And then when it gets to that much again, do it again. I see. So and you're again, doing and again and again in yes. order to keep it down. Yes. Okay. So there's other ways. Um, I just pay somebody. That's another one. Okay. A flamethrower will be good too. A flamethrower would be now. Flamethrowers are more fun. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hell, if I can just go over the flame, you want to get out there and every time it gets a couple of inches, you know, I'm not really apt to do that. But if I have a flamethrower, I'll be out there like every 10 minutes. Yeah. Blowing and, 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 and you can do the neighbor's thing, too. Yeah. Yes, it would be such a good time. Okay, so we got the flamethrower idea. We got the hire somebody idea there. That's yeah, probably yeah. a good idea. Move uh, into an apartment so your landlord has to do it? Yeah, or, or a place that has an HOA that you pay to do that for uh, you. Yeah, sure, sure. Or just be one of those lazy neighbors who's just not going to do it. Unless the city comes by and yeah, says, clear true, yeah. your sidewalks. Yeah. So, okay, so make sure that you live somewhere where this, you know, you know those neighborhoods that get so snowed in the city can't come up. Yeah, and they, they say you're on your own, yeah. Yeah, li- now you're going to be stuck at home for a while. Yeah. You know, but okay. Or you, or you can be like on a on the mountain, and sure. and everyone chips in mm, yeah. for a front loader. We can do that. So you sure. can get out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you could move further south. Yeah. Even temporarily, you can just not live in a place that has snow. You ever think of that? Uh, uh, um, a lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. Yeah. <laughs> now they do have something. I've been looking at ads. I think this is what inspired Drew. There's a company out there that's selling these pads. They're like um, rubber mats you can lay out, mm-hmm. and they're heated. Rubber mats that are heated. Yeah, so you just lay the mats out, you know, along your walkway there, okay. and just plug it in, basically. And they just stay toasty enough that any kind of snow is going to melt off. Okay. Okay, so there. You never get a chance. When you walk, you just got to make sure you stay on the mats. But okay, that's And, and have some shoes there. on. Yeah. Or right. boots or whatever. Yeah, okay. Now, I also like to... Oh, oh, I've done this before. So take some... If you have a fireplace especially, take the ashes or something like that and sprinkle it out there. Because when the sun starts to shine, that's darker. And it helps the snow melt off faster. So there's less for you to dig. Okay. Okay, see? I think salt also works like that way, too. Salt can work that way, too. In other words, Frank, I'll do any way that avoids picking up a shovel. Yeah, good idea. National Football League from yesterday. Will wonders ever cease? The Denver Broncos finally beat the Kansas City Chiefs the final 24-9 yesterday in Colorado. That broke a 16-game losing streak to the Chiefs. Bronco quarterback Russell Wilson threw a trio of TD passes, and the Bronco defense forced four turnovers as KC quarterback Patrick Mahomes threw two interceptions and lost a fumble. So the Broncos are 3-5 and five on the year going into their bye week. Kansas City is 6-2, and two, and they look terrible in the process. Speaking of looking terrible, the Whamming Cowboys were beaten 
at Boise State on Saturday, 32-7. It was not a shining example of Cowboy Tough as UW was dominated on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Pokes had an abysmal 27 yards of rushing with quarterback Andrew Peasley suffering through a 10-for-20 passing effort for just 85 yards and a touchdown. That is not going to get it done. Boise State had 443 yards of total offense and including a whopping 227 on the ground and that says it all. Wyoming was outplayed in every single facet of the game and thoroughly outcoached. For a team that was enjoying a good season to that point with high hopes going into the Boise State game, an effort that we saw on Saturday was it's just inexplicable, especially coming off a bye week. But they're 5-3 and three overall, 2-2 two and two in Mountain West Conference play, and they'll turn right around and play their rival Colorado State in the Border War on Friday night at 6 p.m. in Laramie. High school football from over the weekend was the first round of the playoffs in Class 4. A defending champion Sheridan drilled Kelly Walls 59-zip. Cheyenne East over Rock Springs 42-14. Natrona prevailed over Cheyenne Central 14-3. And Thunder Basin pound Campbell County 40-12. So in the semifinals on Friday, Sheridan will host Thunder Basin. Cheyenne East will host Natrona. In one a nine-man defending champion Pine Bluffs was eliminated by Big Piney 28-14 and a 1A six-man KC was eliminated by Dubois 59-32. State High School Volleyball Tournament will start on Thursday at the Ford Center in Casper and 4A. Thunder Basin ended up winning that East Regional as they gave Laramie their first loss of the season in that regional final. So Thunder Basin will play Riverton in the opening run on Thursday. Laramie will draw Star Valley to start things out. Kelly Walsh is the 2C from the West. They'll play Campbell County in round one. Cody won that 4A West Regional. They'll take on Cheyenne East on Thursday in the opening round. In, the, in 2A, defending champion Burns will be the 2C from the East. They'll play Shoshone in the first round on Thursday. Pine Bluffs is the 4C from that Regional. They'll draw Grable in the quarterfinals. Tonight in baseball, the World Series moving along in Phoenix as Arizona will host Texas. Arizona won game two, 9-1 after Texas won a thrilling 6-5 contest in game one. And that's it in sports. Okay, so do you have a uh, choice here who's got this well no i want arizona to win but i think texas is gonna win but then again every time i watch this i'm like well maybe i want texas to win okay and i think arizona's gonna win but I don't know. gee but that wasn't the question it's not who you want to win frank who's going who you think he's gonna win yeah arizona arizona arizona's got they're it. the okay. hottest team everybody vote on bet yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. bet texas yeah, now, so, yeah okay there you go all right thank you frank you know how that works that just simply just bet whatever Frank says, go the opposite way, and you're sure to make some money out. It's Wake Up Wyoming.